Welcome to the CTG Nation Episode 9 podcast. We're sitting down with Thomas and Nolan of Valkyrie Tactical Solutions. Um, hung out with them today, taking a class with them before. Um, so we're going to get into both of their backgrounds and what led to the founding of VTS, as I call it, because I like to abbreviate everything. Um, first of all, make sure to like, share, review, and subscribe all our material uh, for Carolina Tactics Group and for Valkyrie Tactical Solutions. Um, I, I looked it up before we even went live. If you Google either one, we are the first result. We got websites, we got IG. I know both of us are very active IG and that's how we made our connection. Um, and ended up being somebody that I went to the academy with, Brewer. Uh, fucking works for y'all. So um, with all that being said, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of do it as a two-parter. Like, a, like I say, we experiment with every single episode, we do something different. So we'll start with Thomas. Um, then we'll have a little break and then we'll go to Brewer or Nolan or whatever the fuck you're going by now. All right. Whatever feels right. Whatever feels right. Right. So if you're any background noise, that's just uh Brewer being Brewer. So Thomas, what's up, man? We've been hanging out all day. So it's we're just kind of, we're just kind of wrapping it up. Yeah. I came for the fun stuff. Sunday, fun day here right. in the, here in the beautiful upstate for a uh, TECC class local police department it was a good time it was a good little mix as, as most of your classes are um but before we get into the company since we got since it's going to be a twofer let's just start with your background and like i said before you can go as in-depth or not as in-depth as you want just what brings you here and the important parts that you would like to people like for people yeah. to know and then hammer valkyrie because if you weren't worth the fuck i wouldn't have you on my podcast or talk to you so <laughs> <laughs> debatable no so uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll highlight the past so uh once again started off uh as a young kid my parents owned restaurants they had a, a total of two restaurants a catering club and a nightclub all different times Ooh. uh so grew up in the restaurant business both uh myself and my two older brothers we worked there the bus would drop us off uh, do homework and then work in the family business. Uh, both brothers uh, moved on, became chefs, awesome with food, and I was uh, front of house. I was a front of house manager for Aramark Catering as the assistant catering director, and then I moved on to Ryan Steakhouse as a store manager, then Cracker wow. Barrel as the store manager. Wow. And then uh, that absolutely sucked. That's what brought me to South Carolina. Wanted to get in the fire service full time. I was volunteering before in North Carolina, Western North Carolina. Okay. And that's where I started my fire experience. Um, at, at the time, I filled uh, void spots in my life with work. So that's where I, I guess I've always been a workaholic. But mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's easy to do with, I mean, with the restaurant business and then Absolutely. being a firefighter. I mean, you could work every damn day if you want. I worked uh, dispatch part-time. I worked North Carolina Forest Service part-time, fighting fire. So it worked a lot. Um, when I did move here and get out of the restaurant business, I went full-time fire. Went through Fire Academy. Okay. What time frame are we looking at now? We are all the way back up to 2009. Okay. So 2000, 2008 went through Fire Academy. Okay. Uh, 2009, decided I wanted to do it full time. Okay. Um, went through there. Uh, 2011, joined the military. Mm -hmm. It's something I always wanted to do. Uh, never really had a chance for it. When I was trying to get on a bigger department, nothing was open. So I worked a 
full-time part-time position where I didn't have benefits but uh, I was just looking for a full-time slot nothing was really open nothing was available I figured that was the best time in my life to join the military um, all the doors led to that my, so this is pre-wife pre-kids all that or it is so uh, previously previously married I was married in North Carolina and when mm -hmm. I say you know I filled my void spots <clears throat> That was right after the divorce, you know, right after okay. the divorce in 2005. I mean, that's... Yeah, absolutely. Almost standard for... Standard. Our career fields. So, yeah, we so we separated 2004, I believe. 2005, divorced, uh, joined the volunteer fire department. That's where I started the fire service. Mm -hmm. Filled it with work. Okay. Uh, but moved down here, still, still pre-wife, pre-kids. Yeah. Uh, best time of my life to join the military. My father was in the military. Right. So I knew I always wanted to do it, but never had a chance. Okay. But that was my chance. So, 10-year gap from 9-11 to you joining. Right. So, when 9-11 happened, I was a uh, at the catering at Aramark at Western Carolina University. Okay. You're already over 18. Over 18. Right. I saw saw the uh, second plane hit the tower or something. We were watching on TV at... at uh, at the catering facility we were at. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, was, it was crazy. Uh, called my parents. Just can't, still still can't believe it that it happened. You know, it was a, a big deal in our nation and uh, something where I truly mean it when I say we'll never forget. I, I remember how I felt that day, how mad I was, how just the feelings. But uh, definitely. Yeah, because you were already, you know, for all intents and purposes, a grown ass man compared right. to some other people that I've had on the podcast. I mean, to include myself, I mean, I was in, I was in the fifth grade and didn't really even know that happened that day until my mom told me. Um, so, I mean, you, I mean, you said it made you angry. Why not just enlist right there? Uh, like we, like yeah, it's absolutely. so common. I mean, we right. hear that. I mean, we hear that story so much, like, Oh, it's straight down to the recruiting office. And I mean, you hear that for every, Every war for every decade that we've been in war. So at the time, yeah, I was uh, with my first wife. We were uh, weren't engaged yet, but uh, definitely were together. But I was setting up for an assistant director job. I was in a career field. If I had been, you know, straight out of high school or single, I would I would have signed that day. Mm -hmm. But um, it was something where I always had the excuse where I had a career a career job. Mm -hmm. But that's when. Always wanting to join. In hindsight, I should have joined right then. But, you know, there's always a lame excuse why not to join. So when it lined up in 2011, I jumped on it. It wasn't a second thought. It was I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go airborne infantry. Mm -hmm. And I was going to capitalize on the on the opportunity. How did you know that's what you wanted to do? Uh, there, there is another It can job. be right. as, the reason can be as campy, <laughs> as long as it's the truth. <laughs> uh, no, no, you're good. So, you know, to me, airborne infantry, they were... They were badass motherfuckers. They uh, well, there's a lot of history behind it too. And I know for I, I think probably the two things that have the most history and that we hit on history the most is the Marine Corps and any airborne unit in the Army. Absolutely. So the I mean, we're very and that's the one thing that I like more about airborne guys. If they actually jump into combat or not anymore, that's a whole nother. Right. Military conference, like, oh, we, you jump, you qualified and jumped out, but you're never actually, we don't do that anymore operationally. I mean, there's been a couple, right? But, but that's the one thing I do like. That's like the one part of the army where they they are about history and, right. and 
I don't know. That's that's kind of like and to that, me they separate themselves because they're, they're they're double volunteers. You know, you have all sorts of people who join the military for a variety of reasons. They wanted to get out of their hometown. That was a one way ticket to to get away and see the world. They wanted free college. They uh, had a bad breakup, mm-hmm. and the army was or the military was way out. But uh, for airborne, it's a double volunteer. You didn't only jo- you know volunteer to join the military, but now you want to be in the airborne. So you're beside somebody in a trench, so to speak, that mm-hmm. wants to be there as well. Mm-hmm. And that makes the difference. So did you watch Band of Brothers before you joined? <laughs> no, so I actually <laughs> didn't see Band of Brothers before I joined, but I absolutely love it now. Yeah, no, no, it is great. It is a great series. And as you said, a lot of history in the 82nd dates back to uh, 1917 for World War One, and they became the All-Americans because the 82nd was the first unit to have people from all 48 states at the time. Uh, it, was a, it was definitely oh, wow. a new thing. So they became the All-Americans. And uh, they were the 82nd Infantry Division. And then uh, not till World War II in 1942, they became the uh, Airborne. You know, right, so. right. No, that's pretty sweet. No, I, I, I love that history stuff. That's what, you know, when I talk about uh, getting back to my roots when I was, you know, younger in college, just the history and politics of stuff just that's just how I was raised. So like, I've always looked at military histories that now you can't make any money doing it, but I don't know. I think it's it almost, it almost, but it almost gives your life and career and everything just like more purpose. Cause there's something, I don't know. There's something real and visceral behind it that just, I don't know. I personally really like just the airborne and Airborne for the army side, not to punk the rest of the right. the army. Because I mean, I, I I made my decision to be the one and only marine in my family. Um, but the funny thing about the airborne is they they separate themselves from the rest of the army. They do as soon as you get to that division. It's it's the largest. Uh, you know, the joke is it's the largest uh, cult. But uh, mm-hmm. it's that's the mm-hmm. pride. It's the uh, spirit decor that they have. Right. As soon as you get there, they tell you that this isn't like the rest of the army. Yep. Uh, army wears PT shirts that say army. You wear battalion shirts that say what unit you're in. So mm-hmm. they do every little thing that they can to separate yeah. themselves and yeah. to be a step above. Right. No, it definitely has a, a cool guy aspect to it, but you can back it up. Just, I guess, Airborne and then Marine Corps, Rangers a little bit. But Rangers has always confused me because you have like people that are Ranger qualified that aren't Ranger right. Rangers. So there's and the then, Ranger tab. The and Ranger I know squad. there's yeah. and I know there's a I know there's a a beef between I say beef because I just don't know any better. But but I think it's like between y'all and one of the battalions, one of the Ranger bats. Is it 75th? Right. So 75th Ranger Battalion Regiment. They uh, they incorporate you know a couple of different units, but uh-huh. that is the Ranger. So when you say yeah. you know are you a Ranger? You, yeah. Are you in Ranger Regiment. Anybody right. can go to, go to Ranger School right. and endure the suck at the Ranger tab. That's Ranger Qualified. Right. The, to be a Ranger, you need to be in a Ranger Regiment. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's once again, they fit into that Special Operations tier where they're you have weird, They're a weird tier, too. Yeah. I've, I've had people try to explain it to me and, you know, people that were in it pre-GWAT, post-G, I'm just like... So your Ranger... It's battalion. like, all right, cool. Yeah. I guess, if you know, I probably won't do it now, but... In regiment, Whatever. they wear the tan berets, uh, yeah. and then special forces has the green berets. Okay. Airborne wears the maroon berets. Right. Cool, cool. All right, so let's pick up at when you finally joined in, what, 2011? Did I have that right? Okay. All right, go from there. 
2011 joined in, as I said, wanted to be airborne infantry. Went to Fort Benning, Georgia, school for boys. <laughs> and uh, that's where all the infantry soldiers go. So it doesn't matter if you want to be ranger, special forces, right. you go through infantry school. Right. Uh, it's a one-stop shop. It's called... Uh, I can't remember, but you go through, you, you stay there. So it's not like basic and AIT for right. somebody else who has two different things. Opposed to right. people that go to Fort Jackson, which we're very familiar with in Columbia, which AKA Relax in Jackson right. because of... And they have a bad name with stress cards and easy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you go through infantry school after that, uh, you go, you stay there and you go through airborne school. It's three weeks, uh, just a, a ground week, a tower week in... The, uh, the jump week. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, you're a five jump chump. You have five jumps. Most people move on to an airborne unit. If you uh, push on to ranger school, you stay there at Georgia. If you mm-hmm. go to special forces, you go to Fort Bragg. That's the uh, home of the special forces and the airborne. So you get on a bus, you go there to continue your classes uh, after airborne school. You, most people do go to uh, Fort Bragg, which is the 82nd Airborne Division. Uh, the others go to 173rd, Vincennes, Italy. And there is Airborne in Alaska all hmm. as well, the Geronimo. Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. So, after you know when you wanted to be Airborne, what were kind of your goals within the Army, if any? Right, I mean, no, no. So Sometimes you just kind of, there's some people that just go with it. They're just like, well, I'm just here. There's so many different approaches. There so is. many, I'm going to be a career guy. I want to do this for X amount of years, then I want to lab move to something else. Did you have a strategy going in? I did. Uh, I went in with the original uh, plan that I wanted to serve four years. Okay. Get back out and go career firefighter. Okay. And for the most part, I did stick to that. They got me to Uh re-enlist for uh, two more years. They Uh dangled that uh, promotion over my head, and I took it, and it was awesome. Uh, I can honestly say I enjoyed my whole time in the military. I, I loved every bit of it. It was one of the best chapters of my life. Yeah. Yeah, there's some people that can't. Um, I mean, all three of us in this room have heard all the stories and everybody's plans. They're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to go do my minimum, get out. Oh, I'm going to do 20, you know, I'm gonna, and get my top three retirement. And some people are just like, we're going to stay in it forever. I mean, we've all heard yeah. all the combinations, but there's a lot of people, no matter those kind of scenarios that I just said, that, man, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get out. I guess I'll go to college, or I guess I'll do this, or I guess I'll do that. When, But some of the most squared away dudes I've seen, they're like, all right, I'm going to do my four, four, six, eight obligation. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to get them to pay for school. And then it's off to the races to the next thing. I like having a plan. So uh, especially, you know, you get a lot of people getting out. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But have a plan. That's why we sit, you know, sit with people before they get out. And we're like, hey, you know, I support what you decide to do. But mm-hmm. do you know what you want to do? Right. Don't just get out to get out. And but that's so entrenched. I don't think it's, I don't think that goes deep enough because, that conversation it, it starts, but then it never develops into something for a lot of people. But that conversation that that starter is there. But I don't yeah. think I don't think across DOD that that's gone deep enough because I know it. I know the conversation starter is entrenched because it was even present, you know, as a pogue 
enlisted reservist, they were like, oh, well, what are you going to do now? What do you mean, what am I going to do now? I'm going to go back to my regular job that I do the other 28 days a month besides being here, you know, taking another, uh, you know, sexual harassment, <laughs> sexual harassment class. You know, welcome to the reserves. And that's for any branch, honestly. Um, Yeah, but I'm going to know that that question is there, but it's like, it's, I don't think it's fully developed where, I mean, we've all seen people get out and just fail. Yeah, it's a a rough transition, especially if you don't know what you want to do. Or if you go back to college, because in your head that's what you're going to do, but then you feel like Billy Madison sitting there with a bunch of young kids and your old veteran asses. Wondering what you're doing with your life. Yep. So uh, it's well. I mean, Hammond, who I just I just interviewed the other week, like he's he's like 23, 24, and he feels like that. I'm like, bro. So it's, it's, it's a big was, change. Yeah. I think emergency service. You know, I always push that. Uh, if, you, if you're in the if you're in the military and you get out, emergency service is the way to go. You still have that structure. You still have that discipline. Whether you want to be a police officer, firefighter, paramedic, mm-hmm. they're still kind of. That brotherhood, that structure. So what was the pull to the fire service before and after service in the Army? So as I said, started off volunteer in North Carolina. Uh, something where, you know, as, as cheesy as it sounds, I always wanted to, you know, serve my community. I wanted to do something. I wanted to help. I wanted to be there. Um, and joined a small, just everything, everything in the county is volunteer. So I joined the volunteer fire department and loved it. That's where I fell in love with being a firefighter and the whole aspect of it. I think uh, you definitely have to have the passion, the drive to want to be a public servant. And I just, I loved running calls and I loved being there. Loved fighting fire. So that being said, up to this point, what, let's say from after, what year did you get out of the Army? 2016. All right, so 16 to now. Um being a first responder is it's fucking hard even if you're not wearing a badge and a gun i mean it's hard for everybody because you're they kind of there's some people out there that put all the first responders kind of together which in a way is kind of true um what's kept you in it because this is like the worst time to be in first response ever honestly honestly i honestly couldn't imagine doing anything i mean you got you got EMS getting their ass right. beat on calls. You got, fire, I mean, depending on what side of the county that I, I'm on, I'll have my backup is firefighters. Right. <laughs> like, no, I, I couldn't imagine. And they're fighting with else. me. And they're, you know, I mean, what's. The, uh, honestly, for us, the uh, I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm at a great place. I'm at a good uh, city department where. That is what makes the difference is the does. good department and, the people, and good leadership. The people you work right. with. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I push team life, whether it's uh, at the department or at Valkyrie is, or, you know, if you're in the military. But that team life is one of our core values. And having everybody on that team, realizing their potential, what everybody brings to the table, uh, everything from if you can accomplish three things in the day, it's working out together, training together, and eating dinner together as a family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the uh, I have that at the city department, and that that's what helps also is not wanting to be anywhere else is I can't, can't really imagine doing anything else. Yeah. All right. So you're happy. 
And then all of a sudden, where does the little, the idea fairy come for Valkyrie? So Valkyrie started... Uh, the was, idea, the... the right. However far in the weeds you yeah. want to get, you can go ahead. So I always love being an instructor. Um, I love teaching. The, in the Army, I had the... Uh, Which ultimately brought all of us together because, right. I mean, we, we, we've all taught... Training. Yeah, yeah. In, in different capacities. So, uh, you know, being in, in the military as an NCO, your, your job is the health and welfare of your soldiers. So being in a, uh, a spot, we trained all the time. We had an awesome team. We had the best team. And it wasn't just because of one person, but just the whole team aspect. I was lucky to have a bunch of motivated, motivated dudes who, who did the job and excelled at the job. That helped. But we trained a lot. We trained harder than most people. And because of that, we saw dividends paid. Um, when I got out, I was a fire instructor. You know, I've been in the fire service now 16 years. Um, got out and did a uh, breaching class for the SWAT team. And they were like, hey, bro, this, this is awesome. This is something that, uh, why, aren't, why aren't you doing this all the time? So that's kind of what helped spring Valkyrie Tactical Solutions is, you know, hey, we, we can do it. You know, we, let's teach a master breacher. Let's teach active shooter because that's something that I did on the fire department drive since the day I got out of the military was we weren't up to par in the state and the nation for active shooter events. So kind of helping with the county SOG, helping with uh, implementing and on a state level changing how we respond to active shooter events. So taking that and being able to put it on a platform like Valkyrie Tactical Solutions and reaching out on a wide, wide broad level, not just affecting one department or, or one county, but now influencing the state and even, even the country on us going places and delivering active shooter classes, tactical emergency casualty care, uh, K9, TECC. <clears throat> so this was, a, this was a start, and it's been an awesome venture. And I think private, well, this has always been the case. The private sector is going, nowadays, it's going to drive change and progression. Because I think we see at, um, I'm obviously not familiar with the fire academy, but I am familiar with the police academy, and I'm familiar with some of the security instruction within the state. Um, and then the little bit that I saw as a reservist in the Marine Corps, um, a lot of those institutions become fucking stuck. Well, this way we've always done it. Right. Well, the way we've always done it, in especially the fast-paced world we're in now, is getting motherfuckers killed. So, at CTG, we're not teaching, you know, set curriculum like like y'all are yet, and we're gonna we're gonna take a different direction with that, but um, we're still reaching out and helping people and pointing them in the in the right direction. Just how like, I point people to y'all, right? Every damn near every day, um, and we appreciate that. Yeah, um, but I mean that's what it's fucking all about. I'm all about the networking, especially in state. If it grows from there, fine. If it doesn't, I mean. I've stayed in South Carolina. I've made it. I've stayed in South Carolina for thirty years. I've I've obviously kind of kind of liked it because um, I mean I can be down in Charleston one week and then I can be up here or yeah. I can just be you know hanging out in the Midlands, which is kind of my bread and butter in the middle of there anyway. Um, no man, I like it because the companies and the like us with the ideas that we have and the networking that we have is what's gonna 
is what I think is going to make the difference. Um, because I know when me and Brewer were at um, the Criminal Justice Academy here, I got very frustrated with it. And I know me and Brewer were kind of in the same little circle in our class um, for not being a military dude. He kind of fit in with that little military circle we had pretty well. Um because he's been in public service like forever. And we'll get to that in the second phase of this. Um, but there was so much stuff there that it was like, well, we're going to teach you this one way, but it's going to be, it's going to depend on your department or talk to your training department or right. talk to your captain or whatever your chain of command is. And I'm like, all right, if I got to come here for 12 weeks, which for me wasn't that bad because I was in the Columbia area at the time, but for some other people that were from the, and I say far ends of the county, you know, south, as small as South Carolina is, but is as simple as some of the people are in South Carolina, I'm putting that kindly, um, that's, that's their big adventure is coming to Columbia and going right. to Broad River and learning all this stuff. And cause, I mean, we ran into people that were from the far ends of the county that they're like, oh man, I've never been away from my girlfriend for more than three days. You poor guy. I'm like, What? I was like, I've never even been active duty, and like I've been away from significant others for a year, months. Yeah, yeah a year. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. We'll we'll get we'll get into that with with my discussion with Brewer here. Yeah, man, what you were saying that's awesome because we're uh, we like surrounding ourselves with like-minded people who are on the same mission as us. Put the emphasis on training and focus right. on the next mission. And one thing that I like, and I, I don't think it's like a it's like a caveat of that. It's like oh, we always like being like like being with like minded people because it's because it's easy. But I feel like as long as you're in the right arena, for you know the, the man in the arena we're all still pulling from different backgrounds and experiences, but it's, it's, it's like you're similar enough. Well, it's kind of like, kind of like, with, it's kind of like with a relationship, your differences is what attracts you together. But what keeps you together right. is your similarities where you've been fire forever. I have never given a single fuck about being a firefighter. <laughs> I just, I just haven't. That's not to say there's something wrong with it. But that's just not, I'm just like, all right, man, cool. Y'all do some cool stuff. And I think, like, I'm kind of more interested in, like, kind of the hazmat cool guy side of it. Nerds. Just like, no, yeah, yeah, nerds. <laughs> um, that's rescue. rescue yeah, rescue. yeah. Like, that, I think that's a little cooler to me personally. Um, and then, but then, like, EMS, I've never, I never want to be EMS ever. Because hmm, it's just, it's not what I'm interested in. But... I know for me, and this is just how my my mind works, and you can judge my mind. Everybody can judge my mind however they see fit, but like, I get a little bit of everything in law enforcement. I still carry med stuff on me as a law enforcement officer. What is my job as a law enforcement officer? Well, holy fuck, it's in the name. Right. Enforcing laws. What does that have to do with me carrying a tourniquet? But I still do it. What does it have to do with me in some situations, putting out putting out a fire, getting people out of a burning house when you, when you know 
EMS one, EMS and two, like fire, fire one, fire two, hazmat three is on the way. It's like, oh, well, that that uh, that house is on fire. I just I'm just gonna leave those fucking kids in there because I'm not a firefighter. Negative. Even going, police want to be heroes. I'm going in there. We're going <laughs> there <it> in. <laughs> so you're welcome. Whatever. You're still getting there second most of the time. <laughs> um. <laughs> so. No, nah, man, I, I like it. I like it. So let's dig into the um, dig into the company a little bit. I mean, we got we got plenty of time. Yeah. Um. So it all started with the with the breachers course that right. we taught locally here in the upstate. Um. Some of this I know. Some of it I don't. Just from 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 talking to y'all and talking to to Brewer um, over the last couple of years. Do you even I mean, do you even care what classes you're teaching? Are you just going to keep on bringing people on board to teach a little bit of everything? So we do care what kind of classes we teach. We uh, It has to be in the realm of uh, definitely what we believe in. And uh, also, is it is it our brand? So Master Breacher was a uh, combination of military Master Breacher with Fire Department Forcible Entry. And being in the fire service that long, taking the lessons learned from the military, Combining that is what made it better. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole base of active shooter was something I was doing for a while before Valkyrie started. So that was something where, hey, we can make a difference on a, on, on a statewide level on how we can impact responders for active shooter. And right now we're still not up to par. There's agencies not carrying tourniquets. Mm -hmm. There's agencies that still aren't getting on board the whole rescue task force. Mm -hmm. So the more people we can reach, the more difference we can make. Mm -hmm. Uh, we do build classes if people uh, call and ask for a class. But once again, as I said, it has to fit in our realm of is it what we're, is it our core beliefs? Is it what we're teaching, our brand? Right. And I was, um, I was kind of explaining this to, the, I was helping with their, with their class today. Um, I was kind of explaining it. A lot of the stuff y'all teach is, I don't want to say all of it is big picture, but it's all rooted in the big picture, right. um, which is overwhelming for some people. It is. And it was definitely overwhelming for some of the people in that room because yeah. I'm pretty sure all of them were from small departments if it was fire or or in law enforcement. And I think I think all of y'all stuff is, is applicable to the big picture opposed to where nothing that I'm interested in right. teaching is big picture stuff. So a lot of the stuff that um the CTG and and Kyle and Bobby like to teach like it's gonna be CWP, right. it's gonna be gun courses. Uh both of them have other knowledge that I do not. I mean Bobby is more of a, a you know Seaburn bomb right. squad and that's all and all of his knowledge that he's accumulated within uh the active duty side of National Guard is all from the private sector. I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did say big picture though, because that is a, uh, I mean, that's, that's how I would, no, that's, that's how that's I would good. describe it. It's like, I was like, I don't that, know if Thomas would like this, no, but this it. is how I'm going to, this is how I'm going to break it down Barney style for you. And that's bridging the gap is what we try to do. So one of the things that led to the airborne success in world war two was the big picture. Everybody knew everybody's piece of the pie. So when they jumped in and it turned out to be a clusterfuck and they were spread all across Normandy they knew the operation. They knew the plan. So they knew Alpha Company was going to be here. They knew 
the 82nd Airborne Division was going to be, their AO was going to be in this area. Mm -hmm. So then when you're jumped in, you're spread out, you're not with your guys, you know where to go to meet mm -hmm. the other guys. So you can link up and make an LGOP. And I do not understand why that type of understanding is not communicated down to the lowest level in all of the first response world. And, and a big thing with the millennial age group, there's some fucking hitters that are Ugh, the millennials. The millen I mean, whatever that time, whatever time frame y'all look at from millennial, I've seen it from like 82 <laughs> to like 95. And I'll tell you right now, somebody born in 1982 has nothing in common with somebody born in 1995. Right. None. Okay. Unless they're in this career field together. But For with generation X, with kind of the kind of the, the the smaller millennial group. So let's say I'm ballparking this. Let's say like 88 to like 95 is like, I would say that's the core quote unquote millennial yeah, that, that a lot of fill in the blank. Society, certain political factions, you know, some some older FUD types in the first responder world. Well, oh, these millennials just want this and that, blah, blah, blah. As a millennial and being smack dab in the middle of it, just fucking explain yeah. things to me. And that's, that's, what I, that's what I want. Information dissemination isn't too much to ask for. It's, hey, no. what's the plan? What's going on? No. What's, the, what's the plan for the day? Because if you were doing it in the fucking 40s, why did you get away from that? To now, to where it's just like, oh, well, you know, dudes are told, and that's the way we've always done yeah. it. Fuck you. And I've, and I've said that to probably some people that I shouldn't have. But that's, that still led me to where I am today, and I'm very happy where I'm at. You know, you know, being in this room, sitting down with you and talking to you, and, you know, where I am at the sheriff's office, and, right. you know, the end of my, my DOD service. Like, it still led me to where I want to be. And, and being happy. So, I mean, so you got to break some eggs to make an omelet sometimes, you know, whatever. Um, man, anything else you want to hit on with, with Valkyrie before we take a pause and head over to Brew Bear over here? No, nah, I'm, I'm excited to hear Brew talk, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this will be, uh, for anybody that's listened to the other podcasts right. up to this point, this might be the rowdier half, comparable to our sit down with uh, with John in his, in his time in the fire service, and similar to uh, my sit down with Hammond, which was a very lengthy podcast down right. in Charleston. I mean, I, it, whatever, whatever. What this is? Yeah, I mean, I mean, did you have? Did you have a? Was there an experience? I mean, besides, like, you were already a business-minded dude. Right. The family hustle, like, the restaurant business is a hustle. Um, I mean, I still know people to this day that are still in it. Um, I mean, he mentioned some other experience that might have led you to, hey, man, I want to be instructor for X, Y, and Z reasons. I'm going to make an independent company to do it. 
the uh, you know, Brew, Brew was talking about a military experience that that definitely developed to who I am today. Okay. Um, I had awesome leaders in the military, mm-hmm. and they developed me into the leader I am. <clears throat> I am today. They uh, they they <laughs> they worked the they worked the shit out of us. They, you know, I, I got smoked. I, I I did a lot of push-ups. Shocker. I had a mouth okay. on me and. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, did yeah. a lot of there's smart rangers and strong rangers. You've heard that, well, <laughs> yeah. So now, so either way, the I was definitely stronger. The yeah, yeah. not a smart man, but I know you're gonna be it. smart or strong. I mean, right, that's right. so. Uh, as I said, good leaders. Uh, when I became an NCO, I, I took it to heart. I I wanted to be there to coach, train, and mentor guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the best platoon in in, in the company. We uh, we took pride in what we did, and it showed. You know, we won best. Uh, best squad competition but kind of what drives you know I, I don't talk a lot about my past and uh one of the reasons is our slogan for uh our motto at valkyrie tackle is you're only as good as your last objective so you can do the best things in the world but uh all that matters is your last objective so mm-hmm. a saying that you know obviously you cuss so we're not really uh monitored or uh cut too much on this but yeah. there's a bridge builder theory Right. You can be the best bridge builder in the world. You can build a thousand bridges and be the best bridge builder ever. Be known yep. for it. But yes. if you suck one dick, you're a dirty dick sucker. Yep. I, so. I was literally just thinking that. <laughs> and that, that, <laughs> that is what it is. And that's why I changed to the explicit setting. Right. <laughs> on so, Anchor. So, as I said. It's can, a crude example, but everybody's going to get it. You can and do if, awesome things. But yes. what's your last thing that you do? That's what you're known right. for. That's true. So I, I, I try not to live off legacy. There's some great stories that, that I do like talking. I like sharing about the good times in the military and yeah. the camaraderie and the teamwork. But uh, the uh, yeah, as I we said, can save war stories for another time. Yeah, We're not, this isn't going to be our only podcast. Shocker for Shocker. everybody. Um, all right, man. We'll take a pause right there, and when uh, we jump back in after our uh, anchor read, we're going to move over to Brew Bear over here. All right, guys, we're back. Episode 9, part 2, with my boy, Brew Bear. Howdy. <laughs> so, to give a little background how I know Brewer went to the uh, Criminal Justice Academy together here in South Carolina. That was so and much we were, fun. Yeah. And uh, we were defensive tactics partners. Yeah. Which was fun. Yeah. Because that... Or- well, I mean, that makes a difference when you got somebody that will actually train with you. And we slung each other around pretty good. I was going to say, what were you training? Or? Just beating the shit out of yeah, each other. That's, yeah, that's... Like yeah, I do, I do recall uh, the one we called Johnny Bravo told us to calm the fuck down. That was fun. That day, I, he was one of the best ones. I think he yeah. left from down there and went back to actually police. And so. yeah. yeah. Which I think they should do at the academy anyway. I think there should be some type of rotation. From some, some... Some, and I, yeah, I don't want to speak bad yeah. on them. No. But well, I mean, there's there's like a some bunch, stay there. a bunch of them left though. Like it's the mm-hmm. they're yeah they always seem to be Who's the, the there. ball guy that taught us building clearing and stuff. He was awesome. I think he went back to the road too. Yeah, he left. He was good. He left. Yeah. All right, bro. Yeah. Well, let's uh start from the beginning with you. You don't yours is going to be a little different. You don't have any military service, but. <laughs> I was talking about this earlier today, like, there must be something about public service that you like, because you've pretty much done all of it. Yeah, so so I had a huge influence, actually, uh, early on in my life. Uh, my grandfather 
Um, he was he was the uh, biggest real uh, excuse me male role model I had mm-hmm. in my life. Excuse me, people, mm-hmm. words are hard. Um, so so as my role model, he you know he kind of instilled a lot of things into me, which kind of made me what I am today. But he was a career Navy man. I uh, did 25 years. Uh, retired as a Master Chief Petty Officer. Uh, he was in Korea and Vietnam. After he retired from the Navy, he went on to be a cop. Uh, he's been a cop for 27 years and retired as holy, chief of police uh, for the University of South Carolina, actually. So, oh, shit. Yeah. So I, it's uh, it's been something that, that I've been around and been involved with my entire life. So, Okay, sweet. So, I mean, we, I mean, we can skip over a, a few things here. Um, just basic stuff I like to hit on. I do like that influence. I didn't even know. I didn't know he was that much of a badass. Um, any sports growing up? Kind of that. Uh, all of them. When team. I was okay. Yeah. So so as as a young kid, I played baseball, soccer, football. Um, kind of stuck with soccer for a while. Uh, got up into high school and decided that uh, <laughs> hanging out with my friends and I found bush light, and that was mm. more fun to me than anything <laughs> else. So that's that's kind of what I stuck with. Okay. Um, I was uh, big out, big in the outdoors growing up. I loved to hunt, fish, anything, anything outside. Loved uh, rabbit hunting. Um, you know, had a bunch of eagles growing up. I had coon dogs, bird okay. dogs, all that stuff. So, I mean, pretty pretty classic South Carolina. Yeah, I just saw redneck. That's all yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> um, so during all those redneck experiences, uh, where were you during nine eleven? Did it have any impact? Were you yeah. still kind of a baby? So, so nine eleven. I was in the seventh grade. I was okay. actually in English class. Uh, uh, I, I, this actually stuck with me. I'm not, I'm not sure why. I don't know if it was if it was just one of those because it was in the formal form formative years. Um, uh, I can remember my teacher freaking out. Uh, she she got on her cell phone, which was like back then not a thing that you did, you know. And yeah, if you had one, I mean, right. it was. She's you had on like the bag phones. Right. You had like the old Nokia brick. Right, that thing. Yeah, the one you play that pong game on. So he's she or snake. She, yeah, snake. <laughs> she was on the phone and freaking out. And okay. we're all, like everybody in class was like, "What's like something?" So this is the with morning family. of. Yeah. Okay. And then she was like, "Hey, uh, we're not doing anything today. I'm going to be on my phone a good bit." And then the next mm. thing I know, class is over, and I was getting picked up from school. <clears throat> uh, my mom was a teacher at the time, or she still. Y'all got out early. Yeah, we didn't get yeah. out early. They just oh. they pulled me out of school. Okay, uh, okay. Me and my brothers, and we went to um, went home and started watching it, man. And from that point, I was just like, "This is insane." Um, I kind of knew what was going on. Like I said, seventh yeah. grade, you kind of figure it out. You're like, "Okay." Everybody kind of interprets it. Yeah, this is this is obviously your, not good, right? Yeah, I mean, it depends on your maturity and yeah. if you're a military family or not. Not right. a, not necessarily military, but like if you're a patriotic. Which right and and we were um, yeah, you know I mean, I we're mean, we're, in, we're in the Bible Belt I mean <laughs> so it is what it is so uh, you know all that happened um, it, it did have an impact on me I I watched uh, a lot of um, a lot of people that I knew that were older than me um, start joining uh, the military things of that nature mm-hmm. so you know a couple years down the road people that I was friends with when I was in ninth or tenth grade in high school were. We're getting out and immediately going in the military, um, doing you know however long and and uh, I was as I said one of the partying types in high school. Uh, 
So I got up to, I think it was my junior year in high school, and I had a friend that was actually a volunteer fireman. Uh, a junior fireman is what, what it was then. I think it's called Explorers now or something. Um, yeah, I mean, similar to law enforcement. So, yeah. so I was like missing a bunch of school. Like I'd lay out of school and stuff. I was really not a good student at all. And uh, my buddy was like, hey, man, why don't you come try this out? So I got into uh, junior firefighting. Okay. While still in high school. Right, while still in high school. Okay. And, and so, so as a junior you could take like certain classes. Like it was uh, like my, the first medical class I ever took was like first responders, what they used to call it. And I, hmm. I don't know what it's called now, emergency medical responder or something. Yeah. Um, okay. So I took that at, at 16 and, and the, after that first class, uh, I think it was like six weeks long, took it at night after school or whatever. And after that first class, uh, they allow you, uh, at that point in time, they allowed you to, to ride the rig. Like at the station I was at, you could go out on the medical calls and wrecks and stuff, and you could actually help people and put your hands on patients and, and do what you had to do. And at 16 years old, that kind of had an impact on me, right? I was like, okay, I can freaking help people like this. Um, and I, I just kind of in, implanted a bug in me, I guess. Um, and around that time, I don't know if you guys remember, but cops and firemen, everybody, they loved them because of what happened on 9-11, right? Um, you know, yeah. the 343, that number is like synonymous in the fire service. There's 343 firemen that, that, that died on that day. Yep. Um, they were also cops doing the same thing, going in to, you, you mentioned it earlier, going into things they had no business going in. Mm -hmm. But because somebody's life was on the line, they went in there and did it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, it sounds romantic. It sounds cool, sexy, badass, whatever. That's not why I wanted to do it. I, I legitimately, and you hear this all the time, it's so cliche. But I legitimately wanted to help somebody, so that's that's what led me to to getting into fire service. All right, so fire service from sixteen. Oh man! Till... So uh, so I graduated high school, um, and I've always been so, so no I, no DOD aspirations. I did actually. Um, my my grandfather said was a career Navy man, and and. Uh, I wanted to go that route, but the only thing that it really ever interested me is, was flying, and I wanted I wanted to freaking okay. be a fighter pilot. Well, okay. one, I was a crappy student, so you gotta yeah, kind of be smart be, for yeah, that. Kinda. Two, I'm blind. <laughs> like, oh. like I wear contacts now, but dude, if you saw my eyeglasses, the the lenses are so thick they I stick outside I, I the frame. I think I saw. I think I saw uh, a pair. OC day. It's, yeah. yeah, I believe I <laughs> yeah. saw a pair at one point. Yeah, so so my eyeglasses, the lenses. Are just stick out that far on both sides of the frames. Like I, I just, it just wasn't going to happen. Sick. <laughs> yeah. It just wasn't going to happen. So, okay. you know, I kind of came to terms with it and found a new route and I yep. stuck with it, man. All right. So that was, um, would you say that was kind of your first kind of life hurdle? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cause I had a plan and then I didn't. Yeah. Um, and, and at, at that young of age, you know, that's kind of one of those things where you're like, well, I don't know. I guess yeah. I'll just try to graduate now. <laughs> so, yeah. There, so, there's uh, so many. Uh, it's and I feel like our age group was always fed that that kind of bullshit that you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah, that's not true. That, no, no, it's not. You know, it's funny. Me and my wife have just had this like conversation. You're, you're, you're dealt a certain hand. Yeah. And you got to figure out how to play that hand. Yep. Now, if that is, you know, folding it and getting another one or or you know fake it till you make it aka bluffing for all you card players out there um, there's out. different ways to handle it so yeah so i figured 
I, w- I was involved kind of halfway with the fire service doing the junior firefighting thing. I think that kept me out of a lot of trouble. I actually kind of kind of straightened up, uh, started going, making <laughs> classes. I ended up graduating. Um, so then I tried college after high school for tried. about tried. three weeks. Okay. I went to college. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, and I was like, you know what? Was it community or a bigger? Uh, no, it was one of the two-year schools around here. Okay. It's just... Um, you know, I I made the decision I was going to do criminal justice because uh, that's kind of kind of like a I guess a blanket thing to do. It's an easier kind of route to go if you just don't know if you're undecided. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so and it it also goes with if you if you plan it right, it is uh, cheaper and easier than the full. Yeah. I mean, I mean, me me me, Bobby and Kyle, we were. I mean, we're USC all the way. And yep. it was, when I looked at, you know, looking at how my student loans are broken down now and what I could have paid for those first two years going uh, to another, uh, you know, two-year institution, my, off the top of my head, I know my student loans that I'm currently holding, it would be about half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is significant with that kind of holding over your head. Some Some debt bothers some people more than others, but... Anyway, so you tried it for three weeks. Oh uh, and... yeah, so three weeks in, and I'm, I'm si- I literally, I remember I was sitting in psychology, and I was like, "Why the fuck am I taking psychology?" That's exa- literally one. I, the professor got on my nerves. He's like, he's one of these guys that like he's gray haired with a ponytail, wore Jesus sandals and jorts, you know, one of those guys. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah. yeah, he was the Jesus sandals with the tube socks, you know. Like oh. I was just like, bro. Bro, I can't handle this anymore. And oh, I, I, I left in the middle of that class. I never went back. Like, I, I withdrew. Um, well, usually anybody teaching that class, we, what, we, what did we say earlier? People that can't do anything else teach? Yeah, that's, that's true. That's usually that kind yeah. of personality. So, <laughs> so, sorry if any psychology majors or professors listen to this. I doubt it. Probably not. No, they're uh, we don't. Uh, we don't yeah. attract those kind. Of men, <laughs> yeah, so. it's not our kind. <laughs> so I leave uh, leave college, and I, at the time I was working at uh, actually Academy Sports had just opened here. Um, so I Love was working. It. I was working behind the gun counter. Um, okay. So I picked up some more hours there. Um, I and I'd continue to volunteer uh, at the fire department. And at this time, I'd gotten over 18, so I was able to start taking night classes. I'd taken some of my certifications to be able to be an interior certified uh, firefighter. And I was I was getting getting more into that, but I really wasn't decided. Like, I don't know if I want to do this, you know, for a career or whatever. And then one day, this recruiter comes in from uh, the Sacramento Department of Corrections. And I was like... Always hiring. Who is this guy? And he's talking to me. He's like, how old are you? I was like, man, I'm, I'm 18. He was like... Hey, you know you can get a job with us, right? And I was like, at eighteen, you're. I was like, aren't you some kind of like, you're like, aren't you some kind of cop? Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know anything about it, and he was yeah. like, he was like, well, I'm, I am in law enforcement, but I, you know, I don't work the road. I work in a prison, and I was like, okay, cool. So this is the cell, right? He's like, okay, you know, we got our own SWAT team and a riot team, and I was like, what is that? That sounds that, cool. Is, isn't that like red team and black team now? Yeah, so I, mean? I don't know what they call it now. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm sold. Cool. I was like, so what do you do? And he was like, well, I, I do some recruiting and uh, I work the gang unit, is what he told me. And I was like, 
yeah, gang unit? He's like, yeah. I was so like, making it just sound super I was like, cool. okay, so yeah, so now this sounds yep. great. <clears throat> so he, he did, and I bought it, right? So I, I mean, yeah. I literally, I had yeah. a job within a month there. And it was well, he's really, a good recruiter. Really he probably good. worked for the Marine Corps, too. So <laughs> so, so I, I do this thing at 18 years old. I'm going to work in a state prison. No idea still what I've gotten into. Absolutely not. Because you you go to the institution and you're kind of, you're not sheltered. You're like, you, you get to go work the yard during movements and things of that nature when the inmates are going back and forth uh, to chow and uh, medical or whatever, but you're not actually in a unit with 180 of them and you. That, so that doesn't happen until after the academy. So I go down to the academy, and like I said, at 18 years old, I'm like, I'm like this is awesome. Is that academy pipeline different than regular corrections? Is there an extended... Or did they kind of treat it like Highway Patrol so, here, where like you got to go through the basic course, and then there's like an additional course? So, so at 18, I was classified as a cadet. Okay. So I only did six weeks of the eight weeks that they have, um, because the last two weeks are far, firearms qual, and the only things I could fire, I could qualify per state law with was a shotgun. Um, so I, okay. I went through the shotgun portion of firearms, the, uh, graduated, and they sent me back. Um, I started working, and I worked uh, right at a year uh, in corrections for the state. Um, and I worked everywhere from the regular units by myself uh, to I actually, by the end of my short stay there, I was working in the lockup unit there, which is it's kind of like jail within the jail right. or within prison. Um, you know, it's a one-hour a day, 23-hour solitary thing. Uh, I worked with a sergeant down there who was great. Um, he kind of... He was a uh, he was actually a road a road guy that had um, come off the road for whatever reason and and you know went into corrections and you know he taught me a, a good bit um, and kind of I was still on the fence about it because I, I had progressed at the same time progressed in my fire classes and things of that nature and I had gotten a lot more experience over that year because I was able to be an interior fireman and go into these fires and see what was going on. And like, I really, really, really fell in love with it. So I made the decision and I left uh, the fire service, or excuse me, I left corrections and went full-time in the fire service. Uh, I, ju- I went through the academy the same year that Thomas did. I, I didn't know that uh, until he said it earlier, but I, I went through in 2008, um, uh, graduated and went full-time and I stayed in it for about seven years. Um, enjoyed every minute of it. I, I have some experiences that that I think formed me more, uh, and and made me what I am now. So you liked firefighting way more than corrections. I did, yeah, absolutely. Which I think, I think anybody would. Anybody would. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, I don't. Corrections is when I when I first met correctional officers when I got hired at my first um, sheriff's department. There was some people that had been in it for a while. There's some people that hadn't. I mean, it's just like any other career. It's like, oh, I'm like, you know, sub five years, over five years. Some people, I've been in this 15, 18, you're looking at career guys and just career correctional officers. I, it doesn't, I don't get it. If they don't progress, I'll, st- I'll say that because I got some friends that are, that are career corrections guys, but. There actually that, is that a gang world. unit. I, the, he wasn't lying to me about the gang <clears throat> unit. It's real, but it's like, super hard to get into with corrections. Right. I got a I got a really good friend I grew up with. Uh, he actually is he's a sergeant in a, in a gang unit, but for the state. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. it took him a minute to get there. Right. So I'm with you. The guys that stay in the same spot to collect a check and don't progress, they don't care. 
But those guys that want to make a career out of it, you can. You just got to work at it, man. And, and I yeah. think that's with everything. But corrections is super hard to deal with. It's literally 100% of the time negative energy that you're around. Yeah. There is no kind of anything coming out of that that's positive. Yeah. So you just got you got to have one of those yeah, resilient minds, I guess. You know? Yeah, it's rough. So go to full-time. Firefight, fire. man. Yeah, that was great. Um, <clears throat> I met some brothers. I, I I don't know how to call them any other thing. Um, I did a lot of great stuff. I got a lot of good experience. Um, I, I was one of these uh, firemen that would work two or three different stations. So, you know, have a full-time job, had the benefits and everything. But, you know, like anything in public safety, you don't make a lot of money. So I would leave there, go to another one and work, and sometimes pick up other hours at other stations. So I was getting a lot of experience. That's a good thing that comes out of that. Um, you get to run a lot of calls. You get to see a lot of things. Yeah. So what experiences did you have there that led you to law enforcement? So I think that corrections uh, kind of opened my eyes to the law enforcement world in general. You kind of see, uh, I hate to say it like this, because, uh, you know, if I hadn't worked in corrections, I don't know that I would have ever transitioned back over to law enforcement. But you kind of, you're kind of, below the road guys in a sense yeah. uh at that low level you know so it's always that thing that you want to work for that yeah. you want to go to which is common i mean that's yeah. it's kind of it's kind of structured that way from just mm -hmm. f from forever um and there's a lot of sheriff's offices that that's the way it used to be yeah where you had to work the jail first and this is on a like a county level this isn't like you know SEDC here yeah. or or even on like a federal prison level but just if you wanted to work the road as a deputy you were going to be a correctional officer first right that's where they recruited from and there's still programs this day that exist for the, for that transition but because jails are in such dire need of bodies usually that transition does not happen some people feel like they're lied to. Sometimes that's just how the system works. Some people just get a bad taste in their mouth because of stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I think that um, to tie that back in, man, it was just something that I felt like, and this may be me being stubborn or just me being extremely driven, but I mm -hmm. felt like I gave up on something, and I don't like doing that. So I uh, I wanted to, to make it to that, that top level. Okay. And that's what I did. Um, okay. You know, I didn't get out of the fire service because I was unhappy with the fire service. I got out because I wanted to do something else. And I, I still, I think I could go back to it today, but I'm having a blast with what I'm doing. So. Yeah. So was there some big deciding factor where it's like, I'm going to go put in at X police department or X sheriff's office? No, man. I, I was so... Just something got, was yeah, you know, having just something was bugging you in the yeah, back, was, back that's there. That's all it was. It was just there all the time, you know. And, and no matter what I did in the fire service, I, I would, you know, I, like I said, did some cool stuff, man. I mean, yeah. the firemen do some really good things. Yeah. That we're not just professional nap takers and truck <laughs> polishers. I mean, they do do that a lot. I don't know, dude. Just you, saying, but your mop skills were very yeah. Very I did good mop today well today. I had to break yeah. out the old fire station skills, yeah. you know, but um. Yeah. Yeah, that good form. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, My back doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. So, 
I get out of uh, firefighting, man, and and uh, you know I had some some cool people that I worked for, and they were they were cool with it, supported me the whole way, and I went actually back into to corrections into the, the detention side for about a year. Um, okay. I did that um, just to the, get my what, foot back in the door, man. That's really all it was. So you didn't have to do that. You made that decision on your own, right? Okay. Um, got back into it. Uh, I had some good friends. That's actually, that's actually like discipline and mature as fuck. Well, I mean, I mean, honestly, because not enough. There are some people that, and it's so hard to gauge it, but there are still people out there, and, and I think a good, decent sized and a police department or a sheriff's office that's that's honest with themselves, they recruit. It's a diverse pool of people that they're picking from, and who they choose. Mm-hmm. You can just look at everybody that was with my department that I started with, that was a diverse group very, of, group very of men. Much so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wasn't sure where I was going with that. So, but, so to, I mean that, to get my foot back in the door, I, I yeah, that's a, um, with that selection process, I believe, you know, just because you have an education or a certain background, it's just so hard to to gauge who's going to be good or not good, right. and I feel like the jail. It's like the gatekeeper. It is. That I yeah. I think just the way the the law enforcement world has developed that they've gotten away from that, and I think that shows. Yep, it does. Um, because some of these people that would they would have <laughs> got it they would have gotten weeded out in the jail. I mean, have. I'm going to be honest. They, they would have if they had been fucking challenged. And they they decided, wouldn't have yeah. made to the right, and it's in it's in a controlled environment. Exactly, right. a controlled, simple environment. That's where that's, I think a lot of the mistakes we see now would not have happened because those people wouldn't have they wouldn't have made it to the fucking road. That's exactly right. That among other things. Yeah, which yeah. is probably another podcast, yeah. but yeah, I'm gonna say that if you've been given things and you've been able to participate and gotten trophies for it for your entire life, oh, well, that's everything, man. You're probably that's gonna everything. be entitled we, we and think up. you deserve things, and you are gonna be upset when you yeah. get challenged on the road. Yeah, but having said that, I'll stop. So anyway, you're you're in corrections. <laughs> yeah, you so. made that decision on your own, absolutely, because you're disciplined as fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so. Did you have like a benchmark? You're like, all right, I'm gonna do this for a year, then put in my application at wherever. I had I had told myself two years. Uh, I'm gonna do at least two years to to try and find a road job, right? And my goal was, uh, with with m- much like other counties, the detention center is under, you know, the larger jurisdiction in the county. So uh-huh. that's that was kind of gonna be my goal. But hey. Things happen, and you just kind of roll with it, especially in this line of work, because sometimes that class one certification is that golden certificate to wherever you want to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I get, uh, I have a lot of friends at the time that are working for a smaller, uh, the city agency in this area, so they were coming into booking all the time. I worked primarily, I was a booking officer, so they're coming in, and I'm seeing them all the time. They're like, hey, man, when are you coming over? When, when, you, when hey, you coming to the hey, road? When are you coming? When are you coming, when are you coming to the road? road? Yeah. When are you coming to county? <laughs> and so classic just internal finally, recruiting finally i was like all right i'm gonna do it and i put it after there. a year yeah right okay. at a year uh yeah it was a almost exactly a year actually um, okay i put in and, and you get it because this is 
what are we looking at? 15? Yes. 16? Yeah, we're going into 16. Yeah. Yeah. Which we're already, we are already at a anti-law enforcement society yeah, we're, we're at that point. The ambush is starting 16, right? The one in Dallas with, uh, with the guy that, uh, I call it Wally, officer of the year that year. Oh, yeah, the, you got blown the, up the by the robot. robot. Yeah, yeah. Oh. freaking awesome. But, uh, yes, yeah, that was great. <laughs> so but, great. You know, so. <laughs> so Wally. <laughs> let's let's so, just everybody enjoy that real quick. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's, I mean, Wally got it, man. Also yeah, yeah also the so, year. So I get on, uh, go through that little process, and I say little, it's the same everywhere. You go through the polygraph. Yeah, well, when we went through, it was a 12-week program. Ugh. Uh, there was not, not, I mean, depending on how big and how big the training department is at certain uh, departments, they would do a lot of internal training. Some places did more than others. Yeah. But, I mean, 12-week program, uh, a very simplified boot camp, quote-unquote. You're talking about the Boot academy? camp experience. That was a cakewalk. Um, that, was, that was 10 times easier than a fire academy. About, I mean, did you go to the state fire academy here? I went through a state fire academy. Yeah, yeah. State, so, okay. so I even went through the one here. Uh, it wasn't the one in Columbia. I went through the the county back when the old guys that started it. Sometimes I went through class places. number two that they had. So, okay, the old Thomas knows the guys I'm talking about. The guys that started that were the old old school guys, smoke eaters, bro. Like, yeah. why are you on air right now? Kind of guys. Like, I'll just go on air when I need it. Oh wow! And smoke. Yeah, they didn't okay. care. Yeah. Smoke a cigarette through their mask while they're in a burning building. Yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so they were hard. Like, like it, and it was like we PT'd every day. Uh, we would run the. This is the this is the fire academy. This is the fire not, academy. Not this is the not poli- the police academy. Not the police. That, academy. that was a twice a week thing, and I don't think they make them do that now. Um, so, yeah, the fire academy. I'll just in a nutshell, not to go through that experience again. We it was harder. Um, yeah. The police was academy hard. was a cakewalk. If you could stay yeah, awake was, in class, you were going to pass. Just, I mean, so people know it was a, a like, if a military, and you can judge the different military boot camps on whatever level you want to, like, oh, if you went to Fort Jackson, if you went to Bragg, if you went to Paris Island, if you went to San, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> let's just say, let's just say for the sake of conversation, all those are a level 10 because it's the United States military and we're the fucking best. The American. police academy is a one. Yes. Um, say I, it, it's not actually called police academy. We just that's just the yeah. verbiage we use. But, yeah. um, but I mean, we covered everything. You're driving. You're shooting. You're doing legals. You're Some doing stuff defensive was fun. tactics. Don't Some get of it me was wrong. fun. Uh, and it's it's if you it really want, depends on who else you got in that class. If you got good partners and instructors, instructors yeah. makes a difference. They do an interesting thing there where they have. Guest instructors. That That's always good. They got to go there and and get recertified, recertified so they can teach certain recertification uh, programs at their department. It's, I mean, everybody does it different. Um, so, but that always makes a difference um, with instructors and guest instructors. But most of the issues were with um, with guest instructors. Yeah, I think that was really the only beef. We had, there were different things that we would be worried about when we got there. I, um, I don't know, man. I just... Yeah, it was... I just wanted it over with so I could hit the street. 
everybody's got to everybody's got to do it. I just wanted to get on the street, man. That's yeah. that's where I was at, right? Yeah. So yeah, you got to go through the twelve week program. We do the thing. We graduate. Yeah. Uh, we go back to our agencies. Um, I was a the epitome of a hood cop. A hood if, cop. Okay. Yeah. So so where the the agency I worked at, man, is eighty percent um, poverty level. You know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of street crime going on. A lot of yeah. a lot of street drugs. It's, it's a, lot a of gangs. rough. A rougher municipality, right? Uh, with and I'm very well known. Like when you said, like, "Oh yeah, I'm working for the city in yeah. this certain city yeah. that you work for." Everybody's like, "Oh, right." Uh, a lot okay, of good you're cops. Gonna, there. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna get some. You're gonna get a lot of experience fast. Unfortunately, bad politics, uh, and I'm not gonna say anything else about it. But bad politics have gotten involved with it. It's it's so common now. I, I think there, it I was, could I, pertain to. Yeah. Half the agencies across the state, depending to, on to everybody's. To speak on officers, great cops, man. There, there are some really good cops. There. No, no, and, and like in a, in any. And that's agency, what makes the that's what makes a department good or not good or keeps you know keeps people at certain departments. There's there was a lot of politics at the small police department yeah. that I was at, but when you talk to some of the guys, and, and I didn't have any long-term goals there. I had my goals for, for being there and being with some of my boys. But anytime you talk, it'd be like, hey, man, why are you staying there? It's like, man, if it wasn't for the people, and by the people we mean like people you're working the road with, they would have already been gone. But, I mean, you hear that so yeah. much. I mean, it's the same in the military. Like, if I didn't have a good... Squad leader. If it wasn't for my squad leader, I would have fucking gone out. I wouldn't have reenlisted or whatever. So, uh, spent some time. The majority of my law enforcement career up until this point has been with that agency, or mm-hmm. had been with that agency. Mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, and, I, and from my perspective, you got to do what you wanted to do pretty quick. I did a lot of stuff fast. So, so I had uh, I had some good training officers going through the little FTO. I mean, you went you went onto a. A special operations team, yeah. quick. Yeah, within you got the, to take the cool guy pictures. You got the dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so within my first year, I, I got to try out for the SWAT team. You know, and I made it. Um, okay, was that the mandatory waiting period for them? Yes, one year. Yeah, okay. so so it's two years from your hire date. One year on the road by yourself. Okay, so um, I, you know, I did that. I uh, tried out, made it. Uh, mm-hmm. Fortunately, you know, mm-hmm. like. I'd been training for Did all those. three so we all three made it yeah. okay. out, of, out of our class. So yeah. there was there was four of y'all from the same department right. that went through the academy that we went through the academy mm-hmm. together. Three of us were on the SWAT team, yeah. Yep. And all y'all got on in that tryout. It just happened y'all had that many slots at yeah, one time. It just happened, man. Yeah. So, so I remember there. seeing that pick. Yeah. And we were only like two or three years out of the academy. Yep. And all three of y'all were in there. The fourth guy, he's He's left and he's kind of doing his own thing yeah. now. Um, but then y'all three that got on, I was like, so look at these motherfuckers. Yeah. I know mean, you would get there eventually. Yeah. But it was like two years in and I was like, so that was just what the, the thing. fuck is this? It just happened to where they had the openings and, and we got lucky and got Slots were there, you performed and you fucking got it. Yeah, man. And, and uh, you know, it's a great, great group of guys in that team. Um, a lot of experience on that team. So we got to learn a lot of good things really fast. Um the good thing with that agency is is you get... Which is super common for a police department. Yes. Uh, I know in South Carolina for sure, but that's usually a very common law enforcement perspective is... It is. Um, 
you know, we, we... But usually police departments churn through personnel a little quicker, they too. They do. The turnover is higher there. I'll say that. It's, it's crazy. So, <laughs> we, uh, we got to learn a lot of things. So, like, in our first year on the street, we were dealing with stuff because of our the population and, and because of how many people there are inside that jurisdiction. You are dealing with things that a one-year officer, or excuse me, a one-year officer there... You can compare them to a three-year officer at a rural, at a rural, rural department, excuse me, and yeah. you, they don't get half that experience. Yeah. Plus, we were doing things, you know, you learn how to process your own crime scenes. There's no forensics units or anything yep. like that. So you, you do all of that stuff. So in your first year, you're like, yeah, well, I've done this, this, and this. And, like, you're not yeah. you're not a know-it-all. Like, I, I've never thought of myself that way, but I'm like, well, I've seen that. Just the, the, just the knowledge and experiences, it's condensed yes compared it to is a lot of other places so so getting on the team at that point in a SWAT aspect dude that was uh it was kind of overwhelming in the beginning because we were getting on the team with some guys that have been there for 15 16 years they'd done some crazy stuff uh contractors or they had been freaking uh one the commander founded the team like yeah. <laughs> like he'd yeah. been there since the 80s you know wow. yeah. <laughs> so you're just like wow okay um hey, i've been doing this for a year so but hey, man! All they ask yeah, is that you give shut everything up and you get. Learn everything. That's, that's exactly what that's it is. That, that's all that comes. That's exactly down to. what it is. And some people are. Um, I think I had this conversation with somebody recently. Uh, some people in this line of work, and and you can attest to this, and it's even in the fire service. You're either a natural, or it's going to take you a little while to figure it out. I think that <laughs> figure it out or get weeded out. That's pretty much how it is. So I I think that just being having the background that I had, it was easier for me to figure things out. Yeah. Uh, in this line of work. Um, but yeah, man. So that led me up to, to the SWAT thing. Um, oh, excuse me. I skipped over the dog. Yeah. I got, I got a dog three years on the street going into my three years. I was eligible to, to, and interviewed for a canine position. Um, got it. Uh, went to canine school down in Alabama. That was awesome. We, uh, you know, we did our time. So would you like more just like being a, operator on SWAT or canine handler? So SWAT's definitely my first love. Uh, I absolutely fell in love with kicking doors, freaking taking rooms, man. Just it, 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 that. Yeah, but not everybody marries their first girlfriend, though. Tell me about it. That's true. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so the dog, uh, the dog is absolutely the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Okay, that, uh, that's, what I, that's what I was getting yeah. at because I – because I personally believe you like being a canine handler yeah. more. That is something that it takes. It is another full-time job. Uh, on duty and off duty, the maintenance training that goes into that, you, you're you doing it every day. It doesn't matter if you're working or not. You're yeah. going to run obedience. You're going to do something. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to kind of direct you towards the canine stuff because there's definitely an intimacy. Ugh, not a, the right word. That's a different kind the, of uh, bond. Yeah. Yes, that, that's what I was getting. Yeah. There's more... It, it's more of an intimate position. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never. I mean, I've always been a dog person, like in my in my private life. In so there's and you were yeah. you were a absolutely outdoorsman yeah. and had your dogs and stuff growing up. There's something about you're already in love with being in public service. Um, you know, being a first responder, you've experienced all those things. I mean, with the exception of EMS, like you've done everything else. 
So you got to, you're already focused on something that you love and then you throw in the aspect of having a dog. I mean, that's, yeah. I, there's a reason they call him our best friend because yeah, it's absolutely so. So just I had that the, relationship is special. I had the experience to when I when I was uh, before I got on the canine unit, I I was a part of the they call it the tracking team or the support team. Uh-huh. Um, you pretty much on training days for the dog handlers, you're gonna go out, you're going to wear the bite suit, you're gonna be the decoys for them, you're gonna lay tracks for them, and and let the dogs track you. Um, you're going to hide the drugs for them. You're going to work around the unit, learn about what, what the dogs do. Mm-hmm. You, you even learn, like, you start learning, picking up on their behaviors and what different changes mean, things of that nature. And it just, I was very drawn to it. So, you know, that's why I interviewed for it. And we, uh, man, you know, I, I, you know, we're no longer, he and I are no longer partners, um, you know, me and, me and the dog, but. You know the time we did have together, we were, we were pretty successful. You know we we weren't the best canine team out there, but yeah. but we uh you know we overcame no, some I stuff. Mean, I, I saw y'all in stuff, a, I got to see y'all. Uh, I mean, not work out on the street, but kind of y'all's off time relationship, mm-hmm. and it was yeah, it's man. always a special thing between a dog. Like that dog doesn't have to be leashed. You're giving it commands in another language. He's yeah. a partner. Yeah. Absolutely. I could yeah. rely on him bef- uh, more than I could rely on some people. So Yeah, uh, for sure. He'll always be there. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> Those, for sure. That's the kind of selfless service that that uh, people don't know anything about. So, um, But, you know, having said that, uh, my time at that agency came to an end. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I had to make some, some hard decisions, but some good decisions. And I've moved on to a larger agency now. Yeah. And and things of that nature but you know that's that's on me that's yeah. uh that's enough about me i'm yeah i, don't like well, I mean that's another me. <laughs> i mean that's another hurdle that you just i mean you you pushed through and you got off you, and you got on in another department yeah man i mean you you left there for the reasons it all came out in the wash it's uh it is what and, it is man you just gotta to keep the, pushing keep growing the next that's, one that's so, what we're about so so we got volunteer fire state corrections full-time fire uh just detention county detention (laughs) police department sheriff's office and with everything going on in 2021 why the fuck are you still in public service? <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> no, man. So, uh, that question, uh, you know, that question gets asked probably almost daily. Yeah, that's that's a daily daily question, man. But every time, um, because it's still rewarding, I, I'll say that. You know, I can still go out here and I can make a difference. If somebody wants to have that tough conversation yeah. about why we do what we do and how mm-hmm. we do it. I'm I'm as honest as as possible, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 I just I'm straight up with them, man. Yeah, I'm not there to ruin somebody's day. You're not either. No. Yeah, I know you're the same way. Mm-hmm. You're not there to just lock people up and, and no, I don't even like, I don't even like lock. It's if too you much, need to be it's locked so up, so much paperwork. Hey, if you need to be locked up, I'm going to take you to jail. It is yeah. what it is. It's my job, right? Yeah, I like sworn out broke the law. Like right, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. If if you want to <clears> fight me, I will fight you. 
Yeah. If you want to shoot at me, we're going to shoot back. Yeah. If you're going to run in a car, we're going to chase you. Right. If you're wanted. Like, it's all very simple. It is. So, are there bad cops out here? Absolutely. Am there's I ba- a bad cop? There's bad politicians. There's bad yeah. doctors. There's bad plumbers. There's bad spouses. There's bad exes. There's <laughs> bad baby mamas. So, so yes, the spotlight. But there's also right great, now. you know, to the opposite of that. We've been here before. A lot of people forget that. Um, you know, back in back in the even the early '90s. Look at LA, the Watts riots, everything that happened out there. Yep. We've been here before, man. And we're always going to be here. And we're always going to do our job. Well, That's everybody in the military was baby killers. Yeah, absolutely. Nine eleven happens, and just so everybody. You're a hero, even though you might have been a To answer your question, I'll answer this question because we can go down that rabbit hole. But in a simple answer, I do it for, one, the person that absolutely needs us. Mm-hmm. Two, for the, the, the men and women that stand to the left and right of you, man. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. That's all you got in those bad situations, yeah. right? So, yeah. That may sound cliche and cheesy, but, but hey, that's what, that's what pushes you every day. I mean... So. I mean, for public, any, if it's um, local public service or, or service on the federal level, I mean, that those reasons are always going to be there. How big, how much of that, you know, pie it takes up. Like, if you look at a pie graph, how much of it is me wanting college? How much of it is me wanting a retirement? Yeah. How much of it is, well, my granddad did this and my dad did it, my mm-hmm. uncle did it, well, I'm going to do it too. Like, whatever. It's still a part of that, the service pie. We'll call it that. I like that, the yeah, service man. pie. So along that route that we just spoke of, the old where, ups and downs of the Brewmeister. Yeah, where did Valkyrie? Where did in? Valkyrie fall in there? So because I knew, I don't even. I can't even remember the timeline, and it doesn't matter. But we we're already the <laughs> the Valkyrie and. Carolina Tactics Group bromance had already begun <laughs> before I knew that you were on board with them. So I've been with, with Valkyrie for almost a year now. Um, I took... So you were already Mr. Badass at the police department. I don't look at myself that well, way. Well, I do, I'm so keep going. just some goofy-ass <laughs> dude that likes to do cool stuff. So uh, Thomas <clears throat> offered our canine unit a TCC for... The dogs. Yeah. So we took the TCC for the K9 and Handler course uh, through Valkyrie. It was a two-day course. I think it was a Saturday and Sunday we took it at uh, at the fire department. Yeah, man. So we took that course, and it was things that, like, there was a local vet that uh, that promotes. It uh-huh. does a lot with does a lot with dogs and stuff around here. Um, so we are... Taking this course and all that stuff, the the vet that's in there, he's signing off on it, and he's like a, a well known guy around here. He does a lot with the bigger agencies, K nine yeah. division. So yeah, so I'm like, well, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good uh, business practice that oh, Thomas does for. It's like, oh, we're gonna do K nine stuff. Let's have a vet here and look at it. Oh, we're gonna be teaching TECC to different parts of the state. Let's get a surgeon in here. Yeah, like and I, I like the us, yeah. that that. It's good business practice to get somebody that's kind of... It's a peer review. Kind how of, would, yeah. yeah, the highest level, because in first response, we like to 
we don't have to dabble in a oh, lot. Oh, what did they we do? Like to How dabble. did they? Yeah. And then, yeah. but if you get a subject matter expert, so we're taking this course with the vet, and the vet's yeah. like, "Hey, man, this is actually this is legit. This is decent. It's it kind of some, it's, it's solid, right? Yeah. So so we get done at the end of it, and he'd set up all these. It's cool gonna things. save dog lives, right? And it it is. Yeah. It definitely is. As I learned things in there, they never taught me in canine school. So I was like, okay. See, and why wouldn't they? So from that point, we just kind of kept in touch after that course. Uh, and he, he had a breacher's course that he had kind of revised, I think, from his original course. And was like, hey, man, uh, can we try this out with the SWAT team you're on? You know, just kind of run it run it through with you guys. And I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. We we got the team together. It came out, dude. We got to do some, uh, I think it was, we did mechanical. Uh, we, we used ballistics. ballistics um you know, it's had a fun day. Pretty much, he brought out doors and stuff, and we tore shit up all day. <laughs> From that point forward, he had a. Y'all got, cool, got, got some cool pictures out of that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get Nate Reamers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's pretty awesome. Um, <clears throat> he he's a really good photographer. We'll plug him later. So, um, at the end of that, me and Thomas kind of kept in touch, and he had an active shooter course coming up. Uh, uh, in the you know in a different part of the region, and he was like, "Hey man, you want to come help out with this? Uh, you know, we'll need some help." I, I went down there; it was kind of like a trial run. Yeah. Uh, I worked with the LE guys, and and that was kind of the beginning of the of the the Valkyrie stint for me. Did you already know that you liked instructing in any capacity at that point? Yeah, I did. So, so at my volunteer agency, I and I, I completely skipped over this when I was in the fire service. Uh, I was uh, the um, at my volunteer department, so I was working full time and volunteering slash part time oh, yep, at another yep. department. Um, I was the uh, lieutenant training officer there, and I got to write, you know, weekly training for volunteers and paid staff there and stuff. And <clears throat> and I got into it that way on the fire okay. side, and I okay. just I was like, wow, yeah, I'm actually okay at this. Like I'm not mm-hmm. the greatest thing ever, and I do like we were talking earlier. I do better when we can actually do the scenarios and stuff. Uh, but hey, you know it is what it is. I come from a long line of educators. Uh, my mom's a teacher. She's been a teacher my pretty oh. much whole life. My grandmother was in education and all that stuff. So okay, yeah, yeah. I had I had teachers in my family tree also. Where I don't know. I I didn't mind. I would always. I guess for you know they made us do all those stupid projects growing up and like oh, pick yeah. a you're going to do a project on the planets or you like pick a planet <laughs> yeah. or, or, or whatever. And, uh, I would always talk too much. I'd always, I'd always bust time. Well, I'd either, it would be something I didn't give a shit about and it would be completely short. And this goes along with kind of like my writing back then too. But then if you give me something I gave a shit about, I'm going to bust time and I'm definitely going to meet the page requirement for any of that stuff. You know, while, while you're in school growing up, and because there's some people, I remember when I was when I was instructing for the security company I was with for a little bit, um, you know, people that were quote unquote up our chain of command that were <clears throat> regional supervisors and stuff across the state. They'd be like, they're like, dude, I don't know how are you this young and you like instructing? And they're like, I can't. They're like, I don't like the classroom. I was like, well, I like the classroom and it's applicable material. Absolutely. Everything I'm teaching you, I can also show you. That's what I was going to say, man. I be- one Oppo- Opposed to your philosophy. Exactly. You, it's like, you can't show me this shit. You want me to teach you about my opinion? I I don't care. Yeah. You want me to teach you about their opinion? I really don't care. Yeah. But if you want me to teach you something that I believe in and that I know, yeah. 
that can save lives and I got this. make your life right. easier, Absolutely. faster, smarter, all of it. So so and I and I think that's you know, that's that's why Thomas and I clicked and and it just, you know, started going from there, man. I mean, we've been wide open for a year now, so Yeah. It gets better and better every time. It does, yeah. Yeah. No man, I like it. Well, is there anything else you want to hit on before we wrap this up? Kind of on the, I don't know. I mean, you got a little moto speech lined up, or man, do you I, want to I hit don't. on like why we need public service, why you've stuck in it? Um, Thomas is taking notes over here. Maybe he's going to give you a little idea. Um, so no, I don't. I don't have. I mean, uh, we kind of we kind of hit the points. I yeah, like man. I, I'm not good at talking about myself, so yeah, I appreciate. You I mean, it, it can be a little. It can be a little awkward, and I mean, we. It's just not something that you know. For it's, both it's of like us, what we Thomas went, said, man. Yeah, I, we went I'm, through it kind of quick, but the whole you know what's in the past is the past is done. You yeah. move on. You know, you're only as good well, as your is, last objective. Man. That that's I I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can get, dude. We can come back to this if we. I'm sure I'll I'll I guarantee you I'll think of something. So on the drive back home, yeah, we we can, because I mean there was, um, just pe- people have different expectations of oh is a is a, is a podcast going to be this certain way, is he going to ask the same exact questions every time? What direction is it going to take? Well, you know what, I record two of these a week and I can take whatever fucking direction I want with it, and sure, I yeah. will let Brewer take whatever direct. If we want to come back and have an hour and a half conversation strictly about fire service and why you like fucking fighting fire so much we can do that like it doesn't because some of these other episodes um and we talked about some of them at lunch today um i went down a very very interesting rabbit hole that i'll i'm probably gonna go back to um with hammond and that was that was my fellow marine that we went through boot camp together and he took the active duty route and i took the reserve route and and it went down kind of a, a man-to-man philosophical route that, you know, it's not the the sexy side of talking about SWAT or, um, or like, med courses or creating your own business or, yeah. or, or talking about, I don't know, stocks and crypto and how we're making money. I don't know. Um, that's a lot of people need to hear that though. Yeah, nowadays, man. And I mean, you I'll, I'll I mean? talk. I'll talk about all of it. I don't give a shit. Um, so, so really, um, you know, and if you want to do man shit philosophy, no, we'll do that on a later day. We will do for that. Sure. For uh, sure. I appreciate you having us on, man. The only thing I have is is to like follow uh, everything Valkyrie. Uh, look out for CTG Nation. If you look at my. <laughs> If you look at CTG, you're going to see Valkyrie's shit we on have, my shit. We have it's, a lot of courses coming up. Um, I know we've got officer safety and survival, firefighter safety and survival, uh, and we have, this is written, set in stone. We're looking for a venue for uh, SWAT competition. We're trying to bring those back to the upstate. It used to be a huge thing uh, in the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, you know, this region, we're hosting them two or three times a year so we're trying to bring that back bring that camaraderie and uh networking back into the team life um you know it's it's a big thing and and it's always fun to see all that that group of a type personalities come together and be all you know 
fish with each other until they yeah. until they get it over with and they all drink beer at the end of the day. So. Yeah, and I do like a constructive competition because there's, I mean, name the, you know, fill in the blank for whatever type of tactical, yeah. So the tactical crossfit right. hybrid type. So I mean, is, it's not. This one's a little different. It's pretty. Yeah. It's it, it's really individual based. It's a lot of cool guy stuff. Yeah. It serves its purpose. I personally do want to be involved with those, or we might sponsor somebody, or hell, we might go do one or two because yeah, they're in South Carolina or Georgia or North Carolina on the reg. Um, it serves its purpose. Like, I get it. But I think what y'all are trying to do, and we've talked about this offline, and it kind of aligned with some stuff that I'd helped with in the past. Um, I don't know how it's. Um, it's just there's more substance to it, and it actually challenges you. Right. It computes to how you operate right so, so during your day job in in the past it got so competitive where you had just teams for competition this is going to take a working operational team and test them that is what the purpose is behind this this is not to see if you're if you can do a thousand push-ups i do not care is but your it, team tactically and technically proficient that's exactly what this is about tactics and technical proficiency yes you're going to have objectives it's going to be tasking. It's going to be physically demanding, and you are going to have to perform. Be in live fire, uh, you know, shooting courses and uh, objectives that you're going to have to uh, mitigate and and neutralize threats through things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got it broken down all through every job on the team, all the way through the medic. So this is going to be something that hasn't been done around here before. We just have to get somebody to host it. And then I think we can start getting people to believe in it a little, a little more. Because right now people are skeptical, and that's that comes as synonymous with the territory, right? Uh, you got you got different SWAT teams. We spoke about this earlier in the day. Uh, some of them be stingy, right? So some of them are they don't want to share their ideas, and it's yeah. like it's like, hey, Bo, we all work in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's make us better. How about yeah, that? like, right. and hopefully that that's what it does is it'll some people. I guarantee you there will be some people that do not come to the first year because they're just like, Ugh. don't want to associate with it. That's, that's going to be the question. Who, who is, is that? Yeah. They think they're above it. Or maybe they don't see kind of the big picture. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we can brainstorm about that to help help pitch yeah, that to man. people. That, uh, that, you know, that, we can spitball that later. But, um, cause, I mean, I think... I think because there's a certain aspect of people are going to get they're going to go to that thing or they're going to see it and they're going to get kind of butt hurt. People are going to get their ass yeah. kicked, yeah. but to get better, you have to get your ass kicked. It's part of that growth mentality, right? You either win or you learn, right? There's no right. There's no getting your butt hurt when you lose. Yeah, I I get aggravated when I lose. You know, I yeah. was in a competition yesterday. I didn't place where I wanted to place. Yeah, I was angry with myself, but I left knowing that I had work to do. Right. I, I didn't leave out of there going, well, I was unfair and this happened and the judge sucked here. No, I knew that I wasn't at the best that I could be and I need to be, yeah. right? And that's the kind of mentality we want to breed mm-hmm. and we try to bring to the table. It's, yeah. it's all about the growth mindset, man. Yeah, yeah. hopefully it'll bring a degree of networking that, um, I don't know, it just really doesn't, 
exist right now in the state. Trying to break down those, those I mean, there's, barriers, there's, man. Now, it's in, some people might respond to this. Some might reach out to me. Some might ignore it. Uh, you know, there's like the conferences and all. But it, those are usually higher-ups that... Right, so... It's so like, that, oh, this is the decision-makers. Well... You're not doing the job, man. We want the grunts. The state like, already has. Sorry, chief, whoever. Sorry, sheriff. And if and there's good, realistic chiefs and sheriffs across the whole state, and there's some that are assholes. There's there right now. But why don't? Why not send your people out there and challenge them and make them better? Because right. we want the best officers on the road more than ever right now. Man. And and these people are not getting training if that's in classroom settings like we like to put well not classroom settings but the the classes and then the practical application that i really like that y'all do and that's why i came and helped today that prac app and then these competitions to make sure we get the best quote product which the best product would be officers on the street right during these times because these people are not so getting enough training or you know, competition to expose some flaws or yeah. develop. Look at today, right? And, and this is this is by far not a jab at, at the agency we work with today, right? They do not have the the resources to be able to train at that at that level consistently, and mm-hmm. it's not their fault. It, they they really are doing the best that they can for yep. what they got, yep. and they do a good job. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. They do the best with what they have. Or some will just, they'll call it quits. To, they're like, oh, we don't have the money for ammo. We can't train. What? Drop fire. You Please. can't train just because you just because you don't have bullets means you can't train at all? How many how many agencies quit training because of COVID? Yeah. I know one that tried. Yeah, COVID stopped training. Like, it's, like, it's like, wait, 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 wait. So I can work? So I can work with those people? I can still put a stranger... In my back seat to, to take down to the jail, and depending on how far away you are, or what kind of agency you work for, it's a forty-five minute to the forty-five minute drive to the jail yep. after you arrest somebody on the bumfuck side of the county. They're coughing, spitting, pissing. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude, we have detoxed inside of a lot of cars. So there's those politics again. Yeah, but that comes back to. Certain mindsets, right? So, well, I can, there's a we place can, I know really well that stopped training last year, but somehow training still went on because yeah. of certain individuals that decided, yeah, no, we're not doing that. We're gonna and especially, train, right? especially if you got a good, if you got a tight knit shift where it's like, hey, we're around each other all the time anyway. We are training together. Yeah. So. I think mindset, and, and I want to do a whole class on mindset. Like, I've brainstormed so many. And, and mm-hmm. like I said, we're still growing, man. Valkyrie, honestly, in the past year has grown so much as, since I've been on board with it. And I'm sure that's another podcast for Thomas, and he can tell you about the growth and everything about the company. But this this is taking off. Uh, and, and what we bring uh, and what we teach is blowing up across the country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're just going to keep pushing, dude. Yeah. You know? Because you can find ways to get the training and get the experience and never feel like you're trapped at, like, that you can't get knowledge and experience. Because you can do it. Yes. You can find it in the private sector, and then no matter your first response or military uh, job, 
somebody's going to want you for you being a motivator. Absolutely. Period. You'll fit somewhere, and everybody's hiring. Everybody's hiring. Everybody is always hiring in first response. Yeah, there's always. I, a job. I tell people that just all the time, and in some places that I've seen, and even ones that I've come from, I'm just like, I'm like, bro, go go somewhere else. Yeah. And usually, it's somebody within a reasonable driving distance, neighboring jurisdiction. You will find what you want if you want to stay in the first responder world in this current environment. If you if you make that decision, there is somewhere you can go and be. Happier. Satisfied. Yep. Let's use satisfied. Hey, happy happy doesn't necessarily mean you're getting everything you need. That's true. You can be happy and sitting in a pile of shit. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're a shitty person. But, <laughs> hey. No, man. That's uh, that's that's about all I got, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. No problem. I had to, I had to come up here and kick it with y'all anyway. So. No, we always appreciate it when you come out, especially uh, any, any former students that get to come back and... and Help out with classes or run back through yeah. scenarios, whatever you want to do. That's that's yeah. something we try to push out too, because it's continuing education. This yes, is, continuing this, this education. This is an ever-changing, dynamic environment. Things change every day. So. Yep, they do. All right, gentlemen, we're gonna wrap it up. Um, like I said, if you look up Carolina Tactics Group or Valkyrie Tactical Solutions on Facebook, Instagram. The Google, all of our stuff's going to come up.